hello you this is alexis and creative and i am here with another podcast episode with story time with alexis and listen there is no like perfect way for me to look right now so if you're watching this via a film either on the churchwoman.com or on my youtube channel or facebook or whatever i have on no makeup i have on big old bags under my eyes okay listen this is my reality of wedding planning, running a business, running a ministry. Um, if you don't know who I am, I am, like I said earlier, Alexis and Creative, and I am a minister and a business strategist, and my goal in life is to help service-based business owners with clarity and confidence as they are selling their profitable products. And then, of course, I run the amazing ministry, The Cherished Woman, where I help women champion their emotional freedom and unlock their purpose. And I am excited to be with you today. This morning, as the Lord woke me up, I said worked me up, <laughs> woke me up. I was really stirred to share um, a message about the grace to confront. And so if you're watching this via video, I'm going to kind of peer over at the podcast notes that I wrote out. So bear with me. Nothing is perfect. And I want to be able to um, one day get the little, you know, teleprompter uh, thing so I can like read off the slides as I'm talking to you with the podcast. But I want this to be as authentic as possible because this is what real life is like. This is my ministry. This is my business. And one day we will evolve and have a whole production team. I speak into existence. But for now, this is my reality. So I really want to um, talk to you about the grace to confront. I think it's a very interesting message being smack dab in the middle of Black History Month here in February 2020. And, um, you know, also um, just being in this season in my life of having some very hard things behind the scenes that I don't have the license from God to speak about right now. And I'm honestly still processing very raw, very real emotions leading up to 90 days out from me being married um, for the first and last time ever to my amazing boo, Kendarius. And so I definitely am wrestling with some hard things. And as I'm wrestling with these hard things, this message came out. And so I want to share this with you because I believe that it's a necessary message for where we are right now today, like as a people talking about confrontation and how confrontation can be messy, long, and even heartbreaking. So I'm going to kind of read this to you and then we're just going to talk and just flow and just have fun with this podcast episode, okay? So I will say that one of the reasons why I like so admire civil rights leaders, um, like your Martin Luther Kings of the world, those um, who were, you know, in our civil rights movement in the in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, those who were leading the way, um, especially from a Christian perspective in America, I so admired them because I love the fact that in the fight to make heaven um, in the fight to make earth the reality of heaven that sometimes we don't always get a pretty passage. Sometimes um, the goal is peace, but the fight may cause the war. And some of the things in life that we have to confront cannot always be diplomatic and peaceful. Some stuff just is flat out hurtful and mean. And we have to have a grace to confront hard things. And so my personality type, if you don't know, I'm an Enneagram 8. I shared that on, you know, the podcast and telling my story. And so if you don't know about us 8s, we are people who can be um, sometimes a thorn in everybody's side because God has given us a grace to to be aggravated with injustice and to be people who uh, are not silent when hard things happen. 
And sometimes that can make us uh, the antagonist of a lot of our social groups because we are often the first one to speak up, say something, and get on everybody's nerves and under their skin. Because sometimes, like me, I had to learn that as a woman of war, as a woman who is not afraid to confront, that it is a grace in my life, but it is also it can also be a huge hindrance because um, I've learned many a bitter lesson of you know telling people, feeling the need to tell people about themselves um, when I haven't consulted God first, and then. And learning the heart of God in how he has shaped my personality, realizing that his ultimate goal at the end of the day is for peace and it's for reconciliation. But we have a responsibility to control our approach, our attitude, our body language, our demeanor. And sometimes that honest to God is the hardest thing to do. So I don't always get it right. I feel things deeply. And one of the biggest things that I want you to take away from this podcast episode is to learn how to stop hating your emotions, because we're going to talk about that later. Um, when you do have the grace of confrontation or when hard things in life have happened to you, what happens is injustice often makes you feel like the res- the way that you felt something is not happening in the same energy as the responses you are getting. In other words, you try to talk to people about hard things and they reject you, push you back, don't want to talk about it. And it just kind of makes this process of feeling hard because ultimately you're like, well, if I don't get what I want to happen out of this situation or if this doesn't happen the way I pictured it in my mind, then why do I have emotions? Why should I feel? And... I really do want to share with you some things that I have learned in just these 30 years of life that a lot of people that I have met flat out fear confrontation um, to the point that they are scared of it. Some people's personalities are not wired for confrontation. Some people's need for harmony. um, If you've ever taken StrengthsFinder, there is actually a personality talent called Harmony and Woo. And some people are so socially inclined that they want harmony so bad to where when it's time to confront hard things, they end up sinning by compromising the obvious that needs to be said. And if you have a personality like mine, you hate that, okay? So I just I just want to uh, be one of those people that says that I have lived in, in, in social dynamics and in family dynamics and with people that when I see them run from conf- uh, confrontation and, and from bringing up hard things, it, it really boils my blood because it's like, man, there is an opportunity here for grace if we would just learn how to use confrontation the way God intended it. So here's the things that I learned. Number one, God gave you and I emotions as a compass. Okay, think about that. When something just isn't right, we have the choice to lean into what we feel because the Lord is always waiting for us with the response. Um, I was listening to the worship song this morning, It Is Well. And honestly, this is what aggravated me was that song, It Is Well by um, Bethel Music. Gorgeous, beautiful song. But it's not always the truth of how we should conclude every hard place that we find ourselves in. Some things in life just aren't well. And sometimes things just don't sit well with you um, because they require justice, truth, and reconciliation from every single party involved. So there are two stories in the Bible that really like bring this up for me. I remember when um, David had a very hard season in his life where he went out to war um, because he was the man of war. And he went out to war and when he came back, this uh, raiding party uh, kidnapped his children and the wives and, you know, pillaged their land, stole all this stuff from them. And it was so interesting because David was so depressed and upset because not only did the people 
um, have their stuff stolen too, but they were about to kill David because David was, you know, the general, he's the captain. So it's like, look, you had us out here fighting a war for you. And then when we come home, all of our stuff is gone. We're going to kill you too, David. And so what David does is, is in the book of Samuel, first uh, Samuel 30 and eight, David, of course, inquires of the Lord. And he says, man, what should I do? And it's so funny because, um, you know, David's question is, should I pursue them or should I pursue this? Basically, is this going to be worth the effort of me going to fight yet another battle? And is it worth me even doing this? What in God's name should I do about this injustice that has happened to me or just this hard situation where I feel partly responsible for the outcome? And the Lord's response to him is, yes, David, pursue and you shall recover all. And so the beautiful thing about this is that when you consult God, you get to know ahead of time if your efforts are going to be worth it. And our emotions, the anguish that we feel is what leads us to places of prayer so that we can get the answers that we need. But for many of us, I fear that because so many injustices in our life have gone without answer, we have learned to hate our emotions and therefore we suppress our emotions. And so I did not understand the purpose behind being a feeler and having emotions um, until I understood more of how God made me and what God's purpose for emotions were. Um, the biggest question that I had in my life was if I feel this way, if I can't get the result that I want, then why should I feel? Why give me emotions if they lead me nowhere? Okay. And one of the things that I, I realized that women in particular are dealing with a lot of times is depression. And, and my pastor, um, Pastor Michael Grant, Columbus, Georgia, he has this, this, this saying, um, that silence is the language of defeat, a defeated, defeated people are silent. And one of the things that injustice does to you is that after a while of you going through so many issues with people, you just become quiet. And because suppression is winning the battle of silencing your voice. And so it's interesting because as you and I are made in the image and the likeness of God, there are three parts to us that I have to understand. So this is just a foundational teaching. So you we are in we as a person are inside of this dirt suit as miles monroe calls it or our body this is our body and our body has certain things that it does that it doesn't do it has certain hormones certain chemicals um certain capacities certain limitations and inside of this body is this wonderful thing called a soul and the soul is the mind the will and the emotions it's where our decision making processes happen and then of course we have the spirit and the spirit of a man or the place that we were always supposed to live with. We're supposed to be infused with the Holy Spirit. And so, of course, we know that our what we are supposed to do and how this is supposed to go is that God gave us our soul, our personality, our emotions as a guide so that we can commune and worship with him in our spirits. So God needs us to feel because our feelings is where our decision making process takes place. Your spirit does not make decisions. Your spirit is influenced by the movement and the, and the personality and the conversation of God. So the Holy Spirit is supposed to connect back with your spirit and give you a direct line to the Lord. Um, and every one of us, every one of us, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you believe this or not, we have been given the capacity to think, to feel, to make decisions. But not everyone knows that the, their spirit is supposed to be the place 
that first. So I am supposed to be consulting God and communing with God in my spirit at all times so that my soul can make decisions. You understand? So because my soul, my personality, my mind, my will, my conscience, that is the stuff that's, that you see and encounter every single day. Like it's my decision to get on YouTube and make this video, but my spirit, it is, is what is fueling this conversation. And scripture says that um, there's, when Jesus uh, talks to the Samaritan woman or the woman at the well, he said there'll, there'll come a day where those who claim to be my worshipers, they will have to worship me in spirit and in truth. Um, so there is a place in us that was always made to worship God, but we first worship him with our communication and our love for him. And so, um, when we are saved, the whole goal of sending Jesus and then Jesus ascending back to heaven, dying for our sins, and he didn't take away the presence of sin, but he took away the penalty, which means he took away the penalty of what life should be like for us when we choose to live with constantly consulting our minds okay and so the presence of sin isn't gone though but the penalty is and so the reality is that now that the penalty of sin is gone the holy spirit can come and dwell inside of our hearts and mind and give us the strength to make decisions which also means give us the strength to confront and so that's why the whole point of this is that confrontation can be it can be a God-given grace. Why? Because it is the Lord that is stirring you to know that something isn't right. And this situation may need to be talked about on a deeper level. We may need to sit down and make sure we are working towards places of peace and righteousness and justice. Even if it's long, even if it's messy, even if it's hard, that anointed people do hard things. And just like the Martin Luther Kings of the world, I don't know if the problem that God has called you to solve is on a global scale of, the, of that level and will ripple that much change. But in our families, in our workplaces, in our daily lives, most of us are having issues with finding our purpose because we don't know the problems that we have been called to solve. And a large part of that is because we are people who are obsessed with this false sense of peace. We believe that if there is no problems, there is no God present. But most of the time, God is present because he has given us the courage to deal with problems. And so it is perfectly okay for things not to sit well with you. It's perfectly okay for you to realize that, man, I can't allow myself to be disrespected and, and, and treated this way. It is okay for you to recognize that God is using your emotions to talk to you. And I have so many people inbox me or DM me and say, well, how do I know it's God speaking? Well, number one, do you understand your own emotions? Because we have been, I, I'm trying to unteach something that I think we have been taught as a people that's very false, that when we feel deeply, it must not be Christ-like. And <laughs> the reality is, is that scripture tell us, okay, be angry, but sin not. In other words, when the anger comes, when the emotions flood you, when life gets hard, when things are tough, you have the absolute right to feel that way because I gave you those systems of checks and balances inside of you to let you know something is wrong. And one of the ways that we know a lot of times our emotions are literally the things that are telling us the presence of God is not here. He needs to come back in this situation. If God was in this, it would not feel this way. So it's my responsibility as a child of God and as an ambassador of the kingdom to bring the presence of the Lord back into the situation. Because if he is here, then reconciliation and peace can happen. And so he's using my emotions to get me to that place of peace. But I cannot always get there by being dogged 
docile, by being calm, by being timid. There is a flip table anointing on your life, but it has to be appropriate and we have to go about it in the right way. And that's the hard thing that I've had to learn about having a personality like mine is that there were times where I just didn't go about it the right way. There were times where um, I allowed the emotion to become me instead of using the emotion to lead me. Oh, so good. Don't allow the emotion to become you. Allow it to lead you. And so scripture, when it says be angry, sin not, the reality is, is that you're going to feel what you feel because God hardwired. He installed them emotions in you and they're not going nowhere, boo. And my, 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 my person that I constantly see in my mind who I'm ministering this to is a woman of God who has had so many hard things in life happen to her um, that she fears what she feels. And so I want you to stop fearing. I want you to know that God wants you to stop fearing what you feel. But we got to figure out healthy ways for you to manage what you feel without it overtaking you. And, and trust me, when I tell you, I don't always get this right. It is a work in progress because I've allowed myself to be both a masterpiece and a, and a work in progress. I am. And there are things that I don't get right. Um, but I do know that confrontation is not evil, but there is a grace provided for it. So our very next step after feeling should be prayer. And many of us, I think, have really sucky prayer lives because we believe that we, I don't know why, but religion um, paints this distance between us and God. And this is one of the most profound things that I think religion robs from us is the ability for us to realize that God is close. When scripture says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And then when Jesus was alive on earth, scripture also says that there was no human condition that he was not confronted with or anyway, there was no temptation that he, that we faced that he did not also face. So in other words, Jesus had a full human experience so that while he was up in heaven, now making decisions on our behalf, he can now commune with the Lord and be like, look, I know what that feels like. God, let's send them help that looks like this. But when we don't open our mouths and pray and we hate the way we feel, the help cannot be sent because we are so busy thinking that we are out of line with God because we feel well, because we feel what we feel. And I think here's another large part about that, too. We don't always. How do I say this in a very healthy way? We deal with humans who have their own will. And a lot of times we want to know that God is with us and that he's heard our prayers from human beings acting the way that we want them to act. Or in other words, if this person apologizes to me, changes, or chooses to be better, then that is my proof that God heard my cry. When the reality is, is that we at times have to learn how to lose control of the fact that you could pray all day and that person may never change because the work of reconciliation is a twofold thing. And this is the hard thing that I had to learn. Um, the second Bible story I told you earlier that I was going to bring up is in the story of Jacob and Esau. Um, and if you don't know that story, it's, it's very interesting because I was reading it and then listening to, to Bible scholars and understanding the research behind it. Jacob, when he steals his birthright from Esau, 
um, well, he's still Esau's birthright. They were, and his mother was tricked. <laughs> Jacob had a mother and he was clearly his mama's favorite. And so as we have Isaac, you know, laying on his deathbed and, um, you know, unable to see he's blind. Jacob puts on wool on his, well, he puts, you know, uh, sheepskin on because it's rough like Esau's skin. And so when Isaac reaches out in his blindness to feel him, he thinks that the person that he is choosing to bless is Esau, but it's really Jacob. And so basically the ish hits the fan in their family. Um, and Esau pretty much wants to kill Jacob. And so it's so interesting because um, Jacob, you know, runs away. And of course, this is when he, you know, is trying to find a wife and the whole Rachel and Leah thing. There's just a lot of family drama. It's a whole lot of hot mess. And so the point that I'm trying to make is so we get to the end of the story and Jacob is out wrestling with an angel. The scripture says an angel all night, an angel of the Lord. Um, but it could be conferred from Bible scholars and scripture that who Jacob was wrestling with was literally the person in the likeness of Jesus. And Jacob's response to him was, I will not let you go until you bless me. And it's interesting because Jacob, as he wrestles with the Lord, he, the scripture says they wrestled all night. They fought all night. And there are some places in our lives where when we don't get the responses that we want from people, sometimes it's not people we're fighting against. Sometimes it's the Lord. And so scripture says that um, the angel popped Jacob's hip <laughs> out of place and popped it back in and Jacob walked with a limp. And the very next thing you know is that Jacob is now on this road to reconcile with his brother Esau. Um, and this is years later. And so it's so interesting because, well, it's years later from when Jacob and Esau had that falling out. And it's so interesting because I am fighting to try to make sense of a very hard place in my life with the family member um, who the supposed story is that we're supposed to be close, but the reality is, is that we're not. And in this work of redemption and reconciliation, Jacob believes that pretty much he's going to meet his death because he, you know, knows Esau is coming. And basically, um, he sends his family and some gifts and some stuff ahead of him so that, you know, it kind of will lessen the blow and maybe sweeten, sweeten Esau up a little bit. And Esau and Jacob get to each other. And instead of Esau being angry with Jacob, he decides to hug him, embrace him and love him. And the whole point of this whole story that I'm making is this, is that when God does a work of reconciliation um, and healing and confrontation in a person's heart, that reconciliation and healing has to happen on both ends with both parties. Um, and we don't always get the responses that we want. We don't always get Jacob and Esau's outcome. We don't always get the response that we want from how our circumstances have ended up because both parties have to be willing to reconcile. And in that story, you see this beautiful redemptive work and process of what happens when both people have taken the time to privately yield to God and then publicly come back together. And God gets no glory if only one person is cooperating. <laughs> so I feel you. For those of you who are still wrestling, I'm going to pray over you and pray for me. Um, because some of us are still wrestling. We are still fighting. 
we are still wanting to know why we aren't heard, why we aren't seen, why did this person do us the way that they did, why do they treat us this way? Um, we still want favorable outcomes from hard situations and then we end up hating our emotions because all we can be sometimes is angry and hurt and disillusioned and it feels like God's not answering. And it's not that God is not answering. It's that the work has to happen in both people's hearts. And so each of us has a will. And when that will is not surrendered to the voice of God, we will obey ourselves or we obey the enemy or the voice of our culture. And so some of us feel like we have the right to be angry. And what I want to pray over you and I right now is that you release the need to be angry and that you examine places in your life where the Lord is literally asking you to let this go, to stop wrestling, to stop fighting, because I'm going to give you a new alternative. I'm going to give you a new strategy. I'm going to give you a new way to deal with this. It doesn't mean that your feelings aren't valid. It doesn't mean that you're not heard. It doesn't mean that I don't, I don't hear this and want this for you. But the strategy and the approach that you've had hasn't worked. And changing them is not going to heal how hard this has been for you. So I want to pray for you because I want you to realize that the Lord is near and he's close to you. Um, and I'm especially praying for you if you've experienced this pain with very close family members um, and people who have, you know, or, or lovers and people who have seemed to have taken advantage of their relationship with you because they have followed their own will. OK, so, Father, I thank you for just the other woman, a man of God on the other side of my voice. Lord, I thank you that wherever they are right now in their journey, that they are surrendering all to you and they are giving you the space and the grace to work out hard things in their lives. I thank you that they realize that confrontation when done well can lead to peace. And so, Lord, I thank you that you give them the strength and the stamina to keep going through something that's very, very tough and difficult. Lord, I thank you for the outcome of their prayers. And I thank you, God, that some of them, you will give them the ability to see reconciliation before they lay their eyes down and take their final rest for the last time and, and live in your arms. But for some, God, I need you to help them resolve that they may never see it and they may never get an opportunity to watch the redemptive process happen. But I pray, God, that you give them such a sense of peace and purpose that, Lord, whatever that other person decides to do and not do doesn't matter. Lord, I thank you that you give them permission to move on with their lives because they are not able to feel um, what they want to feel right now. God, give them permission to move on. Help them to understand that as long as they are looking back at the people who are stuck, that they are stuck too. And so, Lord, I thank you that they don't feel guilty for moving on. Lord, I thank you that they don't feel guilty for moving forward. I thank you, God, that shame is broken off of them right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that shame does not have a power to continue to manipulate their story into them believing that they are something that they are not. Lord, I thank you that they do realize I am a child of God and I just have very strong emotions that I feel like have gone unanswered. So, Lord, help me manage them and help me realize that you gave me these emotions as a gift and a compass to point me and lead me back to you. In your son Jesus name, we do pray. Amen and amen. All right. It has been a almost 30 minutes. Very powerful time we've had together. I pray that the rest of your week is awesome. You can find more of me at Alexis M. Creative on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, Alexis M. Creative. And you can also go to my website, www.alexismcreative.com, or you can go to thecherishedwoman.com to find any resources that you need to help you first on The Cherished Woman, champion your emotional freedom and unlock your purpose. 
And then on Alexis and Creative, I help solo service-based business owners create clarity and confidence with their brands so that they can be profitable. So if you need help getting some type of business off the ground, I am your friend and I do three things. I have a signature course, launch my brand. I do one-on-one -on -one strategy sessions. And then of course, I also give you brilliant, brilliant and stunning graphic design for you to stand out visually online. So I also have a free coaching group that every single Monday, night we do marketing monday or as my tribe likes to call it now motivation monday where we talk about all things marketing from business online social media how to stand out all those things and that is inside of our 2020 vision coaching group it's absolutely free on facebook so the way that you get in is that you just go to alexismcreative.com forward slash community you take that quiz so I can know where you are in your business journey and then you hop on in and join us and you can also get a free gift for doing that too. Well, I love you and I appreciate you for listening and I'm going to talk to you later. Bye-bye.